Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 75, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Stephen Glick, Aiden Collins, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and CHF. Fitz has the night off. Uh, he's a scratch tonight. He's down in Birmingham getting settled in. They got training camp underway for the SPHL down in Pelham for the Birmingham Bulls. So we wish him the best of luck this week, hoping he makes the team and can continue his pro hockey career in the SPHL this season. Uh, we'll throw it over to Glick first. Glick, how's it going? It's pretty good. The boys came off of a win against Towson University this past weekend, and we're just looking to this upcoming weekend. We have the weekend off, so we're very excited for that. Collins, another weekend. Uh, the Cats did not lose. Fall break. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. We're enjoying the uh, the 3-0 and right now while we can before we, uh, we go play Lehigh Friday. But back at home, trying not to be as loud as possible while recording this because my family's all asleep. Hopefully I don't get a couple texts telling me to shut up. Well, 3-0 and and the Cats are receiving votes now, which is always good to see. Absolutely. We were we were really pumped to see that. You know, hopefully we can uh, keep this thing rolling and find ourselves in the top 25. Herm, coming to us from the odd. How's it going this week? Things are going good. Just got stitches out tonight. So I actually had no idea that I had seven zips in me, literally, just because I've had the bandage on the whole time. Feeling better with a little bit of a lighter bandage. It's going to take four to five months probably for the finger to get back to full sensation. It's a, a long road of healing ahead of me. We're staying positive and things will be good. Part of why I'm here is that I can pick up a camera with the new bandage. So that's the the big positive. Speaking of cameras, whole bunch of fun stuff going on in Utica right now with the regular season right around the corner. First game of the season is October 15th against Hershey. And then we got our home opener on October 17th against Wilkes-Barre, which I believe Murph and a couple of the Cuse guys are going to make the road trip for. So very, very excited about that. New map unlocked for them. Yeah, we're pumped up. Zarb's birthday is this weekend. Or no, it's Tuesday, but we're going to do a dinner Sunday night, Comets game Monday, and uh, dinner again on Tuesday night. So he's getting the the full, he's like a college girl. He's getting the whole weekend uh, for his birthday. So I've been giving her a hard time about that. Tough weekend for us here in Cuse. We played a, a, a good Drexel team, uh, had him on the ropes Friday night and just couldn't close it out. Ended up losing in overtime. After they scored with the goalie pulled on the power play. Too many men on the ice penalty with under two minutes to go, came back and kind of us and then huge goalie performance from them on Saturday. I think we outshot them like 50 to 30, but lost seven to two. Just a, a wild hockey game and one that we weren't looking forward to showing up uh, for practice the next week. And we, we definitely had to kind of work pretty hard this week and we're excited. Like I said in the notes, we're on to Delaware, the first road trip of the season coming up for us. So we're, we're really excited about that. It's weird. Normally, my freshman year, we started out, we had eight games on the road. Last year, I, I, maybe we had four games and then we went on the road. This feels like the most home games in a row we've played to start off the season since I've been here. So like I said, looking forward to going on the road, staying in the hotel, doing the team meals with the guys, and hopefully it's a good weekend for us. It is a huge weekend in the ACHA, huge weekend across all of club hockey, but a lot of top ACHA teams going to be traveling and playing some NCAA teams. We have the full lineup for you. Getting started on Friday night, the number one ranked team in the ACHA, UNLV, will travel to Alaska Anchorage to take on the Seawolves at Sullivan Ice Arena. They'll face off on Friday night and then again on Saturday. Also playing this weekend, Stony Brook is going to take on Division Three NCAA Manhattanville. Uh, that'll be at the rinks. So Stoney gets to play a home game, two more games, this time featuring Niagara. 
Uh, they are going to play SUNY Brockport on Saturday. And then on Monday night, they are going to travel to Buffalo State to face off against the Bengals. So five games this weekend. I want to get each of your thoughts. How many wins, any wins, do you think the ACHA will take out of? I'm going to start off my prediction, two or three. I know that it seems kind of vague, but Niagara gets one. I'll give one to Stony Brook. I'm hoping the third one is from UNLV uh, and they at least get one in a split with Alaska Anchorage. A lot of these NCAA Division Three teams have not been on the ice for a while like training camp just started a lot of teams past week were just allowed to hop on the ice with their coaches whereas the ACHA you can kind of get going as soon as school starts so it'll be interesting to see you know these NCAA division three teams that are taking on ACHA teams that are six seven games into the season but Herm I want to get your thoughts first on on these matchups I'm going with four wins I think that Everyone gets a W. UNLV wins the first matchup. Alaska Anchorage is pissed off the second night. It's a close two-goal game that they wind up winning. I have a lot of faith in Stony Brook specifically. I think they're going to pack the rinks, and it's going to be a great, great time. Yeah, I would bet the house on Stony Brook. That's the one. That's the matchup that I feel the most confident in. Interesting that you said UNLV gets one and then close game on Saturday. That's almost like what happened with Liberty and LIU when those two teams played. The interesting thing, I, I know a lot of those guys on on UNLV played in the Null, but that travel to Alaska is bananas. Like I don't know if there's anything that can prepare you for getting on a flight that far away and, and playing a hockey game. But like I said, hopefully that junior hockey experience that the UNLV guys has pays off. Glick, any any thoughts that you have on? going into this weekend? Yeah, so I think UNLV is going to follow in Liberty's footsteps and split their games against an NCAA opponent. As for the rest of the games, it's really up in the air. I'm definitely thinking at least two out of the three are going to be wins for ACHA squad. Just because, like you said, these NCAA teams are still in the middle of training camp. They aren't in mid-season form in the same way that a lot of these ACHA teams are. Yeah, exactly. Collins, any takeaways that you you have? Yeah, I'm going to kind of go with the uh, the favoring opinion here. I think uh, UNLV is going to take one and, you know, do what Liberty did against LIU a couple years ago. But I definitely think, you know, it's probably going to be closer to uh, probably three wins. I'm an optimist, so I'd like to see it pretty positive. I definitely think Niagara should be able to get a win. And then Stony Brook will definitely be able to get a win as well. For the same reasons that Murph said. When my brother came and visited my freshman year and saw us play Liberty, he was like, like that team could compete in NCAA D3. And so like Niagara gave Liberty two pretty good games and they're going to face a team that is kind of using this as a preseason game. I think the motive too, especially in the D3 games, the guys in the ACHA want it way more than the guys playing for the NCAA D3 teams. I think that plays a huge role in it, more so for Alaska Anchorage. I think they, they've they probably seen the highlights from when Liberty played LIU. I think that's a similar matchup. And I'm sure they looked at the tape of UNLV versus Denver too, because a lot of things did not go right for the Rebels in that matchup. So I'm sure they're watching the, the tape and seeing what went right for Denver on opening night. But you know Denver is probably the number one team in a lot of people's eyes in the country. So uh, they'll have to make that adjustment. But like we mentioned, UNLV ranked number one for the first time in program history. I didn't realize until today that the Rebels have only been in Division One since the 2017-2018 season. They made the jump from Division Two ACHA. So fairly new team. First time in program history they've been ranked number one at the Division One level. They played in Henderson this past weekend and they got the sweep over Utah. They played the opening night game in the arena where the Henderson Silver Knights play. And then they followed up at Lifeguard Arena, the practice facility for the Henderson Silver Knights. So good to see them playing kind of all around Vegas. Crazy. We, we've mentioned it 
it so many times before, but like if you had to, I mean, the fact that there's like six different ice sheets in Vegas that the, the Rebels play at throughout the year is crazy. I don't think anyone would have expected that if you said that, you know, six or seven years ago. Uh, especially when they made the jump up to Division One ACHA. Speaking of teams getting a sweep, GCU swept Arizona for the first time in program history. It is their fourth season at the ACHA men's Division One level. So I want to give a shout out to the guys at GCU. That's a huge win for the program. Uh, speaking about big things for the program, Packed House saw Oregon fall on opening night. Nearly a thousand fans watched as Oregon's debut at the ACHA men's Division One level. Ducks fell to a pretty good ASU team, seven to six in overtime. This one was interesting. I don't know what happened at Oregon. It looked like they got a little pushed back. They didn't have tryouts until the weekend before. They had three practices before opening night, and they faced an ASU team that has not lost yet this year. Collins, I want to get you guys' opinion. Click, you can go first. Thoughts on a team having a one-goal game with a top 15 in the country after only practicing three times? Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, this is huge for an Oregon hockey in general. Just the fact that for their first game, they'll get that many fans put on great a great show. I think in the next couple of years, they could grow to be a top 25 program. Yeah, and Collins, any takeaways for you? Yeah, how the fuck do you get a thousand fans your first game at D1? We're still trying to get like 600. That's insane. Same thing that Glick said, though. You know, that's it's really impressive. And I definitely think they'll find their way into the top 20. Maybe even this year throughout, you know, the next couple of seasons, I think they could definitely be, you know, a perennial national tournament uh, team. Yeah, I was shocked. I was a little worried. Um, I was like, wow, you know, ASU already played. They had a sweep over Utah, top 25 team going to face a team that has only practiced three times. It's their first game at the division one level. Like I would really hate to see them pack the place and then have the the wheels blown off. But I think they did a Greek night, opening night, huge publicity, division one level put on a show. I think a seven, six game that ends in overtime uh, has a lot of people walking away from the rink in a good mood and, and probably happy with where the program has gone the last couple of years. So I know a lot of people are pointing out today with the rankings um asu jumped up 13 that loss definitely doesn't hurt the ducks uh you know we all know how the ranking system works when the computer rankings kick in if you lose to a, a team in the top 20 it doesn't really hurt you uh, unless you're above them in the rankings but i want to give the ducks a shout out for packing the house on opening night speaking of packing the house mizzou packed the house a couple weekends ago against kansas mizzou is located in columbia they have to drive about an 45 minutes, an hour to Jefferson City to play, and they were able to pack the house. And they actually had a news feature on KOMU 8 News Columbia. They gave them a shout out. The news station basically was pumping the tires, saying it's time for Columbia to build a rink. It's time for Mizzou to get behind hockey. Mentioned some people with the Blues who would support it. Collins, you found this one. What are your thoughts from it? Yeah, I think it's it's really cool, and I absolutely love the fact that the uh, the reporter was really on board with trying to vouch for these guys and get them a better rank and kind of you know use the platform that he has to really spread the message, you know. And also, he said these guys should be going D one in the future, which I think you know would be awesome. Grinelli had a TikTok the other day. It was like top five teams he thinks should go Division one, and a bunch of them were SEC schools. So with Georgia, they got a, a shout out from everything college hockey the other day for. 2,000 person sellout the other night for their breast cancer game and I think they would have to get the money but like imagine I mean if SEC got hockey someday like it might be tough for a school like Alaska Anchorage to 
to recruit if guys could play Division One NCAA hockey in the South. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Hopefully, you know, the guys at Mizzou can get a rink built in Columbia. That would not be huge for the school, but huge for the community as well. Wanted to give a shout out to the CHF. They've named Scott Solomon their executive director. He becomes the first ever executive director in the CHF history. Uh, he's a former ACHA board member, so he knows a thing or two about operating a league like this. A quote in the article, he said, ever since I got involved in the administrative side of the game, I have tried to focus my efforts on maximizing the player's experience. Special events like the Classic, All-Star Challenges, Showcases, and of course the National Championships are all platforms we have provided our players with to make memories. And after 20 years, I can say that they always deliver. The CHF is poised to not only continue offering these opportunities, but enhance them to add even more. I'm excited to work with the CHF's executive team to put our strategic plan together, support our member leagues, and most importantly, put our players first. The CHF since day one has proudly said that they're a players first league. I think they do a lot of listening to the teams and the leagues around the country in the CHF. Scott is going to be the guy to kind of spearhead this movement and I'm excited to see what they do to uh, events. I think they, they sent out a thing today that they're coming up with new ideas for the national championships. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. But congratulations to Scott. Uh, we wish him the best of luck in his position with the CHF moving forward. Fresh off of opening night, uh, the Bruins defeated the Capitals. They might have gotten a little good luck uh, from the Navy midshipman as Collins rolls his eyes and covers his face. But the Bruins practiced. What's the name of the rink? McMullen Ice Arena, I think. McMullen Ice Arena. Yeah, that's that's it on Navy's campus, uh, which is pretty popular for NHL teams to do when they're playing in D.C. The Bruins took a bunch of photos with the Navy guys, and it's always good to see. I know, actually, the Rangers did part of their training camp for the second year in a row at URI's Arena, Boss Ice Arena. So always cool when the NHL teams get to hang out at the ACHA facilities and, and get to be around the guys. I know teams like UNLV get to see that all the time with the Vegas Golden Knights walking in and out of the rink. Shout out to the guys at Saginaw Valley State. Another huge crowd. We mentioned the Oregon crowd, but they have been packing the place. They're 4-0 to start. Roll Cardinals. Well, I want to give a shout out to Grand Valley State too. Another team that we keep talking about. They are receiving votes this week. Uh, they've been off to a really good start and rightfully deserve to be mentioned in the coaches poll. More jerseys. Another week, we got more jerseys coming out. We can't even keep track of them anymore. On-campus photo shoots are so in right now. They they are so in right now. Even if you don't have new jerseys, like Roger Williams, they broke out their jerseys and just did a photo shoot on campus. Shout out to Cam Francis uh, and my guy Kyle Greer at Roger Williams. Those looked phenomenal, but yeah. Get the boys, get the sneakers on, get in full pads, walk around campus. It's good publicity too. You get you get to have people stop, come up, take a photos with you. Herm knows firsthand. He saw it when it happened here in Syracuse. I'm going to cringe a little bit as you mentioned the sneakers thing because the reception that the Cuse jerseys got on Instagram was incredible. You guys, you guys showed it a ton of love. I made the mistake of posting it on our hockey, our hockey jerseys and college hockey. And the amount of backlash that I got for including the photo some of the cute guys wearing sneakers was incredible astounding how much people despised it on reddit which which hurt a little bit so if you are gonna have your guys in sneakers for the photo shoot make sure you shoot from the angles up or as reddit so kindly suggested haul around a piece of synthetic ice so that guys can stand on that was their proposed solution instead of having skate guards on here's the thing that i want to chime in before collins gets some like the thing about reddit is reddit doesn't understand the acha like if people are expecting us to get out 
and wear our skates around campus. Credit to West Virginia. They did the thing. They took the steel out of the blade. That's tough to do. Like that's that's a long walk around campus if you're going to take the steels out of your blade and then you got to put them all back in. But if people are going to be that nitpicky about us, like, hey, let's maybe look at some of these professional sports teams doing jersey reveals and sneakers here. Like hold your horses, people. Come on. Give us a break. I have never downloaded Reddit, but now that Reddit is anti-ACHA photo shoots, I I cannot download the app. I'm going to preface and say that they're not anti-ACHA photo shoots. Our college hockey specifically just seems to have an inherent bias against the ACHA. They're so focused on NCAA D1 that the constant dialogue when anything ACHA related is posted is why are they not D1? which hurts a little bit. They've said very, very nice things about our coverage, and I've seen a couple of comments about that. It's kind of a bummer for us to to shine so much of a spotlight on the ACHA and CHF, and the constant narrative is, oh, go D1. Nah, I've, I've no time for Reddit. Collins, what do you got? Hear me out. Instead of wearing shoes, you might think I'm going to say bust out the blades or bust out the wheels. No, I'm saying bust out the roller guards. Roller guards are the greatest thing to hit the planet. If I could still wear roller guards, I would, but they are so sty. I think we have a couple guys on the team who might consider getting them. Yeah, that's a really good point. I saw what Roger Williams did. They had guys wearing roller blades, and it's like you can kind of tell with roller blades too. Like they're just the make of the boot is a little different than the skates, but the the roller guards, that would be a big move, a lot more mobile. Yeah, and then if you're going to bring out the roller guards, you could. that's much easier to get to and from the places that you're taking the photos of. And that, at that point, you might as well bring like a piece of synthetic plastic out and, and stomp your feet, your blades on that too. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, we have the, the New Jerseys. Let's let's talk about the New Jerseys. Starting off, Texas Tech, they unveiled these over the summer. They got the red jerseys. It's got like the Pistol Pete logo. I don't know if that's what they call it, Texas Tech, but the Red Raider with the guns. Uh, he looks like, uh, is it Yosemite Sam from Looney Tunes? Like that's great logo on the front of a hockey jersey. I think sometimes at this level when schools have, you know, rules against trademarks and logos, sometimes you have to get creative. I don't know if they had to get creative or they just wanted to put this logo on the jersey. Gorgeous looking jersey. Good to see them finally in person uh, after they revealed them over the summer. Tennessee, they dropped dark mode jerseys. Kind of like, the, it reminds me a little bit about the Dallas Stars. And you see Herman in the notes has mentions neon, like the Dallas third jersey that are black with the neon green. Very much a similar look, but black with the bright orange. Uh, they even went as far as getting black helmets with the orange stripe. Those came out great. Uh, Vanderbilt got criticized a ton over the summer when they released their new athletics logo. I also thought that that was a dumb idea by them to get a new logo, but now that the new logo is everywhere, I don't even really notice it anymore. Uh, it looks great on their gold third jerseys by Rebirth. Um, and then Arkansas dropped a new set of jerseys. This time they have the Arkansas Razorback on the front, pretty similar to the jerseys they had, but instead of saying Arkansas on the front, they go with the Razorback. Underneath, it does say Hockey Club as a guy who's been at that level, who has to fight with club sports originally i saw that and i felt kind of bad for him that it has to say hockey club on their jerseys but i watched the highlights from over the weekend you can't even tell when it's the game gets going i'm sure they they got some chirps this weekend but uh hopefully they weren't too bad herm of this batch of jerseys that came out this week what's your favorite i'm a sucker for the black and neon look we did it here in utica when we were vancouver affiliated i know you mentioned the dallas stars did it i think it looks good every single time for as much as our chf guru amon smith hates the jerseys 
I think they actually look pretty solid. I also like the commitment to the black helmets. When they have white helmets, uh, if they had just done black third jerseys with the white helmets, it would not have looked good. And they also, they have three jerseys to begin with already. They have the whites, the grays, and the orange. Now they're bringing in black with the black helmets. Maybe they'll trot out the black helmets uh, and mix and match a little bit now that they have two sets, kind of how Kentucky does. But Collins, uh, what's your favorite of this bunch? I really like the Tennessee ones the most. I think just no white, black, and orange is just so clean looking. It's so good. It kind of reminds me of Oklahoma State. Their military appreciation jerseys where it was just black and orange. I don't know if those are yet to come out yet, but there was something on Hockey Militia, I think, for that. But they were, they're so clean. They just look so good. It, it almost looks kind of neon. I'm not a big fan of the, the Dallas Stars ones, though. I think the neon green looks absolutely disgusting. But uh, the concept is really good looking. Glick, what did you think of the jerseys released this week? Easily my favorites, Tennessee's. I mean, they're just so sick. And I have a pet peeve against the stripe on the helmet like Penn State does and a lot of other teams do. I think it's just not good style. I think this is the one time it actually looks really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, we talked about that a couple was it maybe a couple weeks ago with Fitz. Fitz doesn't like when the teams copy the football helmets. He thinks you should leave the football helmets on the football field and the hockey helmets on the ice so that he would probably disagree with you there i think the texas tech ones are sick i just love that logo love that logo on a hockey jersey i think it looks great nothing more intimidating than that logo squaring up against that the tennessee ones yeah you know maybe i don't love them as much as you guys do but i I love the commitment to the all black going with black gloves and and the black helmet so i I do appreciate that we got a bunch of stick taps this week wanted to give a shout out to purdue northwest i think i mentioned them last week or the week before i think i mentioned last week oregon could be the first team to win at the division one level that moved up uh i was wrong on that purdue northwest not only did they become the first team to get the win but they swept illinois back-to-back wins they beat them seven nothing on friday night and then four nothing the next night shout Shout out to Cooper Olson, back-to-back shutouts in net. Rocky start for Illinois. They fall to 0-4 in the season, getting swept by Missouri State, and now Purdue Northwest. Purdue Northwest, not only do they become the first team to win at the Division I level, uh, they also become the first team to receive votes. I've heard they have a very strong team. They brought in a really good recruiting class for this jump to Division One, and uh, they're getting rewarded for it in the coaches' poll right off the bat. So congrats to them to, for receiving votes. Hopefully they can make the jump into the top 25. Kind of now on the topic of the rankings, only one new team in the rankings uh the only team that was not ranked last time around was illinois state they currently sit at number 19 so wanted to give them a shout out as well uh the rest is kind of the same top 25 just jumbled around based on who won what games and who lost the others shout out to adrian men's division one men's division two and Men's Division Three with a sweep W's over Grand Valley State and Dearborn for the Division One team, or a sweep at the Marion Tournament for the D2 team, and then the M3 team swept University of Michigan Flint with a shutout in Game 2. Adrian, big-time hockey school, and they're showing it. Then also want to give a shout-out to the Jamestown women's program competing at the Division One level for the first time. Crystal Whale scored with 12 seconds left remaining. Crystal Whale from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, scored with 12 seconds remaining in overtime as the University of Jamestown women's hockey team earned their first win in program history at Wilson Arena 4-3 over Maryville on Sunday afternoon. So I want to give a shout-out to the Jimmy women uh, for getting the job done, and we'll get to them a little bit later uh, in the game of the week here, but wanted to congratulate them. Their first start in their first season in the ACHA. Herm, uh, we got another call on your shot this week. Who do we go to this week? We are going to Delaney Adams, who says, keep an eye out for Wake Forest men's two. 
They have yet to have a formal practice and are one of the most competitive teams in the South. Good for Wake Forest, but we can't find a record for the Demon Deacons on their website, and the schedule is kind of just a JPEG of a Word document, which brings us very nicely to our presenting sponsor. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. Best part is your first year is free. I sound like a broken record saying this, but it is the best deal in town. Teams like Wake Forest should really jump on this. Uh, Maybe we'll have to shoot them a DM once we're done recording tonight but your first year is free be sure to check them out using the link in our bio optimxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod new feature on optimx allows you to get donations tickets and merchandise all through the website um i'm sure a bunch of you guys saw the video of me kind of walking you through it the other day i had to see it for myself i went to paul's website you can go right on the website and click donate and there's x amount of donations that you can make you know they have a 50 dollars donation 20 dollars 5 dollars 10 dollars 200 dollars all just buttons that are available on the website you fill out a form donate the money and it gets money in the pockets of the players who are running the club ticket one is really good too if there's an upcoming game you'll see a ticket icon in the right hand corner just click on that it shows you how to download the tickets and you'll be good to go waiting to see some teams take advantage of this merchandise feature that they have now but all in all really excited if you have any questions about optimax please feel free to shoot us a dm you know get you set up with them they're doing great things no guests this week uh we kind of wanted to start doing this bi-week episode where we kind of just sit around and talk about the league and that way saves us the energy of going through an interview and kind of gives us a week to reset and get the next couple interviews lined up so we'll keep the ball rolling here and that brings us to the acha burgers blowout of the week a couple big ones here illinois state men's three they scored 14 goals against olivia nazarene am i pronouncing that right uh her We've never heard of the school before. Where Do you know where this is located? Not a chance. You could pay me a billion dollars, put a map of the United States on the wall, and say, Herm, where is Olivier Nazarene? I can't even pronounce it. Nazarene. And I could not tell you in a million years. Collins is going to tell us that they played, they played in like March Madness in 2014 or something. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna be not gonna be saying that. Where they're from in Illinois is honestly harder harder to pronounce. Spelled B O U R B O N N A I S. I think that's Bourbonnais, Illinois. Bourbonnais is maybe what I maybe it's French. Olivia Nazarene. I don't it's, know. It's I don't definitely know. French. You know, tough one to pronounce there. But yeah, uh, somewhere in Illinois. I say we play a game over under a. Um, 1,000 and a half students. Everyone go around and try and guess without Googling it. Under. Oh, under. Under. Under is a lock. It's got to be. Does anyone have an answer yet? Um, um, the mascot is Toby the Tiger. No way. The over hit. And by a lot, too. Nearly 5,000. Wow. That's like bigger than some schools that play Division One NCAA hockey. Wow. How- is that bigger than Alaska Anchorage? How many kids go there? Oh, no. Alaska Anchorage has... 10,000. That's bad on my part. I just assume there's nobody who lives in Alaska. Bemidji State has 5,000. Okay, that's solid. Merrimack College has 4,000. So that that gives us an answer right there. So Illinois State beat those guys 14 to 1. Purdue Northwest, their Division 3 team beat Wheaton College 
18 to four, I think is the from the game where the guy got hit over the boards that we posted about earlier, which if I had to make my team win 18 to four, but I got to take a hit over the boards, like uh, sign me up. Like I'll stand like a dummy over the boards and you can just bury me. But if that's what it takes to win a hockey game, I'll do it. Millersville, they get the blowout of the week though. Their division three team beat Dickinson 18 to three. And then to follow it up the next night, the boys were down six goals to Johns Hopkins and they rallied to win eight to seven. So huge weekend for them. Another blowout on the women's side. Oh no, this is, sorry, I, I read the score wrong. This is the blowout of the week. Maryville women's division two team beat Nebraska 18 to nothing. So a lot of teams scoring 18 goals this weekend. Um, and then in the CHF, we had two big blowouts. Uh, Embry-Riddle beat Miami 12 to one and Cornell beat Colgate 13 to two. All right, we got a lot of games to watch. I know what we mentioned at the top of the show, the NCAA versus ACHA matchups. But aside from that, uh, we got a lot of good ones this week. Friday night, Adrian's Division One team, the number three team in the country, will take on number five, Liberty. This is uh, a matchup that I still think back to the pre-COVID when Adrian was one, Liberty was two. They were back and forth all year. And it was just like those games were so fun to watch, uh, watching the highlights of those. And they were just destined to play each other in the national championship game. And we were robbed of it because of the pandemic. But these two teams will renew their rivalry this weekend at Arrington. You say robbed of it, but the Bobcats weren't going to that national championship. Okay. Listen, I, I was not tuned in to ESPN plus watching the Bobcats that year. I was, I was watching the Liberty versus Adrian games and I was watching Minot versus Jamestown in the middle of the blizzard. That was when like the ACHA bubble started going. And I was like, what do I do here to get involved? And then we got all this continuing on though, Friday night, Kentucky versus Miami in Lexington, two of the top teams in division two facing off in the TSCHL Friday night as well. Our number 13, Arizona state is facing off against GCU GCU. Like we mentioned coming off that sweep versus in-state rival, Arizona. This game is at Oceanside. Uh, so be on the lookout for that one. The division two level on Friday night, Liberty is facing off against you Mary at LaHaye. This one is going to be a good one to two of the top teams in division two. Again, facing off. This is going to be one to watch you uh, Mary coming off a sweep over Minnesota this past weekend in division three action on Friday night. Night, we have Nebraska versus Arkansas. Nebraska is the home team here, but things got interesting last year. This is a sneaky rivalry. I think being all majority East Coast guys, we don't really talk about the, the teams in the Midwest a lot, especially the Division Three level. But this was a huge win for Nebraska at Nationals when they knocked off Arkansas. Ended up winning the pool anyways and advancing, but it was a huge win for the Nebraska program. You can tell the guys were just very passionate about it. Oh, Collins, I didn't know if you had anything to chime in about Nebraska hockey. Oh, not about Nebraska. I wanted to say something about Arizona. I'll just say it anyways. Can we talk about the fact that Arizona plays at Oceanside Arena, which is absolutely nowhere near an ocean? Is that, is that, <laughs> I mean, it's near a river, but it is absolutely nowhere near an ocean. I don't know why that is but i i did i just thought it was hilarious and i i mean i knew that was the name of it that feels like a question we should have asked uh when greg powers was on the show is why do they call it oceanside if it's not on ocean that feels like the kind of thought process only a goalie would think up of like why isn't oceanside arena next to an ocean or just anybody with like logic 
No, but that I click. I get what you mean about goalie thought, though, because I'm thinking like, you know, when the puck's in the other end for a while and you've been staring at the scoreboard for two minutes and you're like, huh, the scoreboard says Oceanside. And you're like, where is the ocean here? That's the goalie thought I'm thinking of. We'll keep rolling with the ga- the games of the week. CHF action, University of Delaware facing off against Ramapo College. I might see these guys, right? I'll be at Delaware this weekend. Uh, they're going to be playing at Gold Ice Arena, the, the back rink at, at UDEL, but uh, the best of the DVCHC versus the Empire. Conference Friday night, more CHF action. Emory Riddle taking on University of South Florida at Advent Health Center Ice. Two hot teams down the south squaring off against each other. D3 ACHA action. We got Hope College facing off against Dort University, number one team in Division Three, facing off against 6 0 Dort. Saturday, we got Cincinnati versus Ohio at the D2 level. Barstool Cincinnati is sponsoring this game, so I'm sure this will get a big turnout. Another Saturday one, we got FAU facing off against U-Tampa, two of the top teams in the CHF and in College Hockey South. Friday night, plenty of action. We got UMass. Amherst taking on Keene State, battle of two of the top teams in New England. Every time these guys play, it goes down to the wire. Wanted to give a shout out to Trey Peterson. He was asking for UMass Amherst content. There you go. They'll be facing off at at Mini Mullen. And then finally, I mentioned we were going to talk about the Jimmies a little bit later. Jamestown versus Minot State for the first time ever in women's ice hockey this weekend. They're going to play a home and home. The Battle of North Dakota. Great watching the men's teams face off a couple weekends ago. Lots of scrums after the whistle. Guys trying to drop the gloves. The women want action on the Battle of North Dakota. They will do the home and home. They'll in Jamestown on Friday night and then on Saturday they'll be at Mesa. Lots of action to go but that brings us to the game of the week. Another home and home but we're featuring the game on Friday night as the University of Montana travels to Montana State University and Glacier Ice Rink for the Brawl of the Wild. Like I said it'll be a home and home so Montana State is home Friday night. That's the game of the week then they'll face off on Saturday with Montana having home ice advantage. Collins, you lead us off here. Who's your pick? Give a little reasoning why. I'm going with Montana State, not because of like, oh, they're clearly the better team. I know absolutely nothing about these two teams. However, the photo that kind of went viral last year of the Montana State goalie, I think his name's Joshua Hubert, of him and that little kid is absolutely adorable. And for that reason, I'm going Montana State. I think that's a sick picture. And that kid absolutely melted my heart. He's like looking like the kid from uh, A Christmas Story where he like can't move his arms. It's awesome. I love it. I love the goalie intuition there. Just be like, hey, I'm going with the goalie brother here. Uh, sick pick on Instagram. Can't go wrong there. Glick, who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go with University of Montana. I'm going to read off the scores of their first three games of the year. 17-1, 10-2, and 8 nothing. If you're starting off your first three games with a combined score of 35-3, to you're an absolute wagon. So I think they're just going to keep that uh, momentum going into this weekend. All right, Herm, what do you got this weekend? Oh, wow. How do I top that? I'm going Montana and purely because of how electric their viral video was of their crowd. And I'm, I feel like I can hear Murph sighing and that might be the, the one that I'm stealing from him. I think you're you're picking Montana. You can't beat that atmosphere at Montana, quite literally. That's kind of the reason I'm going with it. Funny story, actually. A kid who grew up and playing against in high school, he was the goalie for my rival high school team. Kenneth is who I played for. He played for Berlin up north. Long hockey tradition up there. But he actually went to Bridgeton Academy after high school. And then he tried to uh, go play pro in a couple different places. I think bounced around some semi-pro leagues here in North America. But uh, he ended up out west and living in Montana. He was actually the first person who told me about like 
college hockey in Montana. Like I, the hockey house pod was pretty fresh. We follow each other on Twitter. So he always saw my stuff about the ACHA and the hockey house. And he just sent me a picture of just him with like a tall boy in a packed house. And he was like, nothing like college hockey in Montana. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this looks nuts. And then sure enough, we got our hands on that video. And I was like, this place is electric. And they got the mascot skating and figure skaters out there. The the barn is packed. And I, I expect both barns this weekend to be packed, but I'm, I'm going with Montana too. Can we also give a shout out to a fellow podcast? I don't think we've done a, a shout out for a podcast in a while. 406 on the fly podcast, who has a really great social media presence covering like all things ACHA and NA3 in Montana. We see, I see them because we, we follow them and their content is always solid. So if you're looking for an additional ACHA account to follow, they're, they're great to check out. 406 on the fly also covers that senior adult league out in the Rocky Mountains. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it's like Jackson Hole, Wyoming has a team. I want to say it's like all the ski towns out there have senior A adult teams. It's like semi-pro hockey and they pack the barns. It's electric. And like, I think there's a lot of former college hockey guys, some pro guys that play there. Uh, I'm trying to think maybe Aspen has a team too. It's worth looking into that. They also, you know, pack the barns for these games, but it's crazy. Like hockey in these environments where you just like never, ever think of, I'm looking forward to catching the highlights from this weekend. I'm sure we'll get one of the clips up there from, from this weekend. All right. And that brings us to the question of the week. I feel like we've been rapid firing the questions this week, whether it be picks for the the NCAA games, jerseys, game of the week. Uh, This question comes from Ian Loftus. He said, you ever think about doing an ACHA locker room tour series? I think this would be huge. I think maybe we could make a couple bucks off of this if teams want to like help with recruiting like hey give us a locker room tour we'll post your locker room tour on the feed uh, i mean that that would be huge for recruiting maybe put a couple uh dollars in our pocket here but that would be awesome i think we'd love to do something like that down the road glick you got anything to chime in on, on a potential acha locker room tour series yeah so i remember around my freshman year when i started acha burgers a an account called the locker talker followed me their tagline is acha locker room reviews and their whole thing was going to be they're going to kind of like my page where they go to away ranks and they review the locker rooms but unfortunately their only post is basically saying like unfortunately because of covid we're not going to be able to do this and we'll hopefully return back that was from july 16 2020 i guess they never came back that idea maybe the player who started graduated but so someone's already had this idea in the back of their minds and you know maybe someone can get back on it because i think this is a really smart thing to do personally yeah someone's got to come forward i can only imagine that the content you would get if if we had everybody posting their locker rooms from the weekend that might not be the best look for the the acha and chf if people saw some of these locker rooms that guys are getting dressed in but we're gonna flip it here on another note who has the best visiting locker room that you've had the chance to get dressed in? Herm, if you want to chime in, if there's any locker rooms that you've seen, you've seen the one at Cuse, which I know visiting teams are not a fan of when they find out they have to get dressed as one group there. Is there anything that comes to, to your mind and your experiences traveling with the teams? No, I mean, I really wasn't in a ton of the locker rooms as a Bobcat, honestly. That kind of only happened after I graduated. 
Yeah. So Collins, we'll, we'll flip it to you. Who's like, what's a room that you've been into where you're like, all right, like, you know, you're going to get a lot of space. It's going to be a clean room and, and you're looking forward to getting settled in. Yeah. We keep going back to McMullen, but Navy's <laughs> away locker rooms, their blue and gold locker rooms are amazing. I mean, I had the chance to, to get dressed in those as a kid and we had the chance to get dressed in those last year and we're going to have the chance again this year. But that locker room is amazing. It's absolutely gigantic. And I'm sure Glick will say more about it. My favorite thing about that locker room is how hot it is in there. Sometimes that rink can get really, really, really cold, especially when I had to play at 4 a.m. for Hockey for Heroes, which is like if you're a lacrosse guy, you might be familiar with Shootout for Soldiers, but it's basically a 24 hour hockey tournament. That was so nice going back into that locker room after being like freezing my ass off. Niagara was pretty solid when we went there last year. That locker room was also really nice. Nothing in particular, but it was just clean. Everything was, you know, solid. Nothing was breaking, but yeah. Glick, you want to chime in? I also see that you have Navy on yours. Any thoughts from McMullen's visiting locker rooms? Yeah, uh, I just kind of want to echo what Aiden was saying. I mean, it's just such a great locker room. I mean, you get off that bus after a five to six hour bus ride and you just walk into your locker room and you're like, wow, this is so nice. I wish my locker room at home was even half as good as this and you just get so excited to play a game of hockey I'm gonna give some stick taps to the ice cats not very often i do that but they have a very nice villanova university does have a very nice rink and very nice away locker rooms that's the rink i grew up playing in like i played club hockey there i played high school hockey and i always look forward to playing there just because i knew that you would actually finally have some space in your locker room to be able to just spread your gear out and just focus on the game not going to lie, I've never been in our away locker rooms, so I hope they're nice. Collins, you mentioned the new uh, Lawrenceville rink. Were the visiting locker rooms there nice when you guys played TCNJ? Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. That was insane, those locker rooms. They were, sure, the size was a little bit small. Everything was brand spanking new. It was absolutely amazing. It was a little bit tight, but the stalls were awesome. You know, the lighting was was sick and pretty much everything was like super modern looking and it, it, it felt I don't really know how to describe it. It was absolutely gorgeous. Probably my favorite locker room and or it would be my favorite locker room if it was just a tad bit bigger where bags weren't piled on top of each other. Also, maybe if the locker room was underneath the stands so that way you could walk out of the tunnel because we don't get the chance to walk out of a tunnel that often it's funny you mentioned that though because that i was just thinking about why i like the two locker rooms that i have i had delaware and liberty and i originally had liberty before delaware but i'm thinking about it now delaware gets the advantage because delaware has the stalls where you can lift up the seat so you can like store your bags in the seat gives you a lot more room liberty had like the nhl style but your bag was on the floor. It was just a regular bench you were sitting on. So that's where the blue hens get the advantage. And it's ironic that I'm going there this weekend. Both locker rooms are like locker rooms where you you leave the locker room, you walk down the tunnel, and at the end of the tunnel, you take a turn and you go underneath the bleachers onto the ice. I think there's nothing cooler in hockey when you get to walk down the tunnel underneath the bleachers onto the ice. I, I know I've ranted about it before, but I, I hate standing by the door and just walking onto the ice. Like I wanna I wanna run out onto the ice and there's nothing better than running out of the tunnel. And so that I guess that doesn't really count towards the locker room, but it, it gives you a better feel, I think. Uh so it's definitely worth noting. But yeah, that, that kind of wraps it up here. Thank you so much for everyone listening. Collins, you got one final thought before we go? Oh yeah, and I'm sure Herm can attest to this, but the tunnel provides so many great photo ops. 
it you there's nothing better than a sick tunnel pick speaking of tunnel picks i mean plenty of those with teams walking out of the tunnel at centene i'm not sure teams are gonna get the the benefit of walking out of the tunnel in marlboro for the national tournament maybe on rank one but we'll, we'll have to see about that on that note fitzy's not here so i'll sign us off safe travels everyone this weekend and good luck in your games thanks for listening we'll see you next week